By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. It is BS.show. It is a Tuesday morning. It's the State of the Union Address morn. Are you excited, Shelly? Now that I know that, yes, I am. <laughs> you going to watch it tonight? I am. Uh, are you really? I am. Do you watch that kind of stuff? Very rarely, but I'm very, I'm very, um, I don't watch it all, but there are some things that I'm, I'm, I'm interested in and the state of the union is one of them. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised at that. I'm not that saying that, that, you know, no, <laughs> no, no, Brad. no, 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 no. Here's, here's the problem. Okay. To me, here's what the state of the union is. Okay. Uh-huh. You're a non-believer. Why should we waste time on Kabuki? It's Kabuki. That's what it is. Well, it used to mean something. Well, you know, there was a day. It wasn't – isn't the State of the Union the thing that um, well, the president... Nancy Pelosi tore up? <laughs> yes, that's – Yeah. That's, you know, which, I, I still disrespect and, her for that. And which, once again, people say, well, Donald Trump was so rude to her, he wouldn't shake her hand, you know, and then she tears up the, the address. I'm going like, okay. I mean, like, you know, they're like – Everybody has the little kid in them. You know what I'm saying? If if mm-hmm. you if you have a squabble in your neighborhood, it's about well, your 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 little girl, your little dog walked on my grass and 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 matted down some of the grass, and then and then he pooped on my grass. You know, it's like it's like territorial things, which is interesting. You know, I remember reading this years ago. Some very intelligent guy, you know, way more intelligent than I ever will be, said all conflicts in the world are based on territorialism. The idea being is, and look at what's going on right now. We have this conflict where the Chinese people put this balloon over our our country, you know, and we say, hey, we don't like that, and we shoot it down. Although it took a week to shoot it down, but they still shot it down. The Chinese people are going like, I can't believe you did that. It just ran off course. And, you know, and, and you know what I mean? And to the point where, where <laughs> I can tell you a funny story, which happened to me personally, where one house I used to live in, the corner of the driveway is like six inches on my neighbor's property. But the interesting part of that uh-huh. is no, That's funny. no. The interesting part of that is it's on the easement, the very end of the driveway. You know how like sometimes the driveways yeah, they flare out at the end. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. You know, just like just a little, just a little like triangular pattern that flares out. Okay. And, just a little bit. Right. But the point of it is it's on the easement, so essentially that doesn't count. You know, because of the fact yeah. that I mean, obviously I can't. I can't put a mailbox, I can't put my mailbox in front of my neighbor's house on the easement. But, And it's like, okay, but yet, by the same token, I've had the thing happen to me where I told you when I first got married, my very first house, when we buy it, there's a tree, big old tree on my side of the fence, part of the tree falls off, damages the next-door neighbor's property, and you know, and I have to pay him. At that point in time, I didn't want to claim it on my insurance. I had insurance, but I didn't want to ding it. It was like $400 paid a comp- siding company to come fix it for 400 bucks. Happens again a couple years later, paid the siding company 300 bucks. Then I had my property surveyed probably about two or three years after that, and I realized the tree isn't my tree. It's his tree. So I go and I talk to him. And you I have go, to admit that is kind of funny. Well, but I go and I talk to him, and he says, yeah, I knew that all along. Before the house, I, when the house went up for sale, I moved the fence on the other side of the tree so it looked like it was your tree, not mine. I'm going, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> you know I mean? like, And he knew that all along. 
I mean, here's his tree falling down against his house, and he's nailing me for it. You know, but once again, it's a territorial thing. And as a result of that, I would never, ever, ever, ever buy a piece of property again without a stake survey. Not a, a site survey where the guy just shows, yep, yep, everything looks good. Where they come out and they stick the stakes with little flags on them, and you can go out there and, okay, that's my corner right there. Same property, other next-door neighbor. Had its stake surveyed. He didn't like where the survey marker was. He claimed that property. You know what he did one day? He just pulled the survey marker out of the ground and threw it and on my front. And moved fr- it. No, he threw it on my front yard. <laughs> just yanked, you know, like the, the stick with the flag yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yanked it out of the ground, threw it in front yard. I said to him, I go, hey, that, nope, that's not where the property is. I go, the surveyor marked it. Nope, don't believe that. Okay, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Territorialism, you know? I mean, look, yes, at what, I do. look at the constant tension between China and Taiwan. I mean, you know, I mean, Taiwan is like under the threat that one day the Chinese will come and attack. And it's sort of like you can't believe the Chinese anymore because you know what happened in Hong Kong? Uh-uh. The Chinese, you know, there was an agreement that was signed years ago, like maybe 30 years ago, that on a certain date, the because it was it was a territory. Hong Kong was a territory owned by England, you know, UK, Britain. And China wanted it back, and they made an agreement that as of such and such a date, that there, there, you know, they would uh, they would give Hong Kong to the Chinese. But the agreement was that the Chinese would not change anything. They would let Hong Kong, you know, govern itself as self-rule. Blah 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 blah. The date came, everything changed slowly but surely. Incrementalism. The Chinese started in, you know, cutting back on all these agreements. Nope, we can't do that anymore. And they started throwing people in jail who protested. So now, essentially, the agreement that was crafted between UK and China, where there would, you know, they would give China back or give Hong Kong back to China, uh, has been essentially just ripped to shreds. Now, interesting thing. Speaking of Hong Kong, I'm all over the place this morning. I heard this. I heard this fascinating statistic that Hong Kong used to have like it was either like 38 or 58 million visitors a year, tourists. 38 or, or I can't remember, it was, I know it was an 8, it was either 38 or 58, which is a bunch of visitors, because Hong yes. Kong's a very beautiful city, very interesting, you know, downtown area with all the high-rise buildings. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of movies to this day that are still shot in Hong Kong because of the interesting, you know, backgrounds and things like that. Anyway, that was 2019, pre-COVID. They said last year, the visitors dropped, the tourists dropped to between 1 and 2 million. Really? Yeah, and it's practically nothing. So you know what Hong Kong decided to do? What? They're giving away free airline tickets. They're giving away really? like like a half million. I think it was like five hundred. I, I see if I find the article and read. It's pretty interesting. They're giving away a half million airline tickets, either for free or heavily discounted. So in other words, you got to go on the site, you know, whatever it is, the tourist, you know, the CVB site for Hong Kong. And register, and then they're going to pull winners. The idea being is because now airfare has gotten so expensive, and especially to places like, you know, like, you know, it costs. This is what started crazy about this. I'm going to look up Southwest Airlines. I just thought of this. Used to be able to fly. I've done this a number of times. I flew back and forth between Kansas City. One time I flew round trip. I think I paid $62 round trip between. So in other words, I got on the plane, literally, and there was a reason I did this. I got on the plane on Sunday. Flew from Lambert to KCI, had lunch at KCI, ate at the, uh, ate at the <laughs> you're laughing at that, ate at the Pizza Hut in the terminal there at Kansas City, you know, uh, played on my phone for a while. 
There was a TV in one of the lounges, watched TV for a while, got back on the plane and flew back to St. Louis. I flew to Kansas City to have lunch, okay? And I think it cost me 60 bucks. You know why I did that? Uh, some check? No. Back, listen to you, back in the old day, before Southwest changed their frequent flyer program, they had this deal that you had to fly. It didn't matter how far you flew, you got a credit for each leg. So in other words, if you flew round trip, you got two credits. But back in the day, when they first started doing uh, online reservations, they did this for a number of years, you got double credits. So all you had to do was essentially fly eight round trips and you got a free ticket. So I was at six round trips, and this was in the winter, and I knew I was going to go to the NAB convention, our broadcasters convention in April. So I thought to myself, you know what? I'll just I'll just book a flight to Kansas City and fly there, you know, spend 60 bucks, and in return I got like a $500 ticket for free, you know, because I got to fly round trip out to Las Vegas. So it worked out. So that's why I flew out and back in one day, which was sort of funny. One day, one day, I mean, this is weird. I love to fly. One day on Thanksgiving Day, I flew three round trips out of St. Louis. Why? For fun. I can see that. I flew I flew in the morning. I flew. I can see you doing that. Put it that way. I, I flew St. Louis to Oklahoma City. Had breakfast in Oklahoma City. Got on flight. Flew back to St. Louis. Then went St. Louis to Kansas City. And then came back and then flew St. Louis to Oklahoma City, had dinner in Oklahoma City, and flew back. Okay. <laughs> Weird, right? What was I going to look up? Hong Kong? I don't know. You had me. I was just so intense yeah, on what you right, were saying. Yeah, right, 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 right. Hong Kong. Let me look at this. H-O-N-G. Hong Kong. Free tickets. Free, yeah, here it is, Hong Kong free flights. Um, Hong Kong, discover Hong Kong. Biggest welcome to the world, 500,000 flight tickets giveaway. Learn more about the World of Winners campaign now. Hong Kong welcomes you. HK goodies, highlights, World of Winners types, uh, how to apply. There's all sorts of of different articles about CNN. Hong Kong is set set to give away 500,000 free tickets to lure back tourists. Let me read this article real quick. Uh, Hong Kong's government has announced plans to give away the Hello Hong, Hello Hong Kong initiative was unveiled on Thursday, but has been in the works for over two years. Tickets will be spread out among the city's three airlines, Flight Carrier Cafe, HK Express, and Hong Kong Airlines. The 500,000 tickets cost the city about $254 million. Wow! Uh, and that's what they're going to do. And you can... Uh, and how the giveaway works... Uh, travelers keen to travel to Hong Kong can visit the World of Winners splash page starting March 1st, so you can't do it yet, to enter their names into the flight ticket lottery. The tickets will be allocated in three ways, from March 1st to uh, March 1 to, to people across Southeast Asia, April 1st to people living in mainland China, China, and from May 1st to residents in the rest of the world. So we can't apply until May 1st. Locals can get in on the action, too. From July 1st, some airline tickets will be given out to Hong Kongers eager for a chance to make up for lost travel time. Those who have been to Hong Kong before will find a different city than the one they remember. Some beloved local attractions like the Jumbo Kingdom floating restaurant have closed permanently. Others, like the famous Peak Tram, have gotten a makeover during pandemic. Brimming track. Hong Kong was slow and cautious in its approach to coronavirus pandemic. The city began to cancel in-person events in January 2020 when the first cases of patients exhibited symptoms of flu-like blah, 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 blah. Traveling in and out of Hong Kong was challenging and expensive during the pandemic. Strict quarantines, which peaked 21 days of isolation. 
Wow, you had to be in isolation for 21 days when you flew into Hong Kong, and requirements for multiple PCR tests kept the majority of travelers out. The quarantines were served in hotels and paid for by travelers, so you had to pay for the hotel. You had to spend three weeks in a hotel before you could leave the hotel. Those who tested positive for the virus on the arrival were sent to government facilities. That doesn't sound good since the, no. chi- since the Chinese control it, right? You can imagine yes. what a government facility is. <laughs> Don't like the sound of that. Entry no. to the city was restricted to Hong Kong residents. A Facebook group of more than 30 people. Anyway, uh, before the pandemic, here we go, here we go. Here, Oh, my God. Here we go. What? I was I was way off on my numbers. I was close. I was close on the high number. Before the pandemic, Hong Kong saw 56 million visitors in a typical year. By 2022, the number had fallen to about 100,000. So they went from 56 million visitors in a typical year to 100,000 last year. Is that crazy or what? What percentage decrease is that? Like 10,000% or something like that? I mean, holy cow. It's pretty spiffy. Man. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, of course, it's weird because I think the the Chinese government owns all the hotels and stuff like that. But can you imagine owning like a hotel or like in your case, in the old days, you used to own a cab company. And all of a sudden you go from having 56 million visitors come into your town and use your cabs and use your hotels and dine in your restaurants. And then all of a sudden, over the course of two years, you got 100,000 people. Man, unbelievable. So you go into Hong Kong? May 1st is your day. I actually wouldn't mind going to Hong Kong. I don't think it's a direct flight. I, I mean, well, there's nothing direct no, well, out of St. Me Louis. And, excuse me, Tiffany and I and um, my bonus glam daughter, Eden, are going to Hawaii. When's that? We don't know. We know I don't do this show by myself, so you know what that means. I'll have to be calling in from Hawaii. The show disappears. That's what it means. Show's gone. No. Yeah, no more BS. <sighs> Don't do that. Just answer the phone when I call. Yeah, it'll be, we start at 6 o'clock here. That'll be 2 o'clock in the morning there. Like, you're going to wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and do a show with me. I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning anyway. Why didn't you know the station's off the air twice this morning then? <laughs> Today I did not wake up. Oh, that's what she said. Okay, we have to take a break. It is. She did say that. <laughs> it, is, it is 631. Great song, terrible video, terrible, depressing, morbid, crappy video. Don't ever watch it. Well, you know, that means I'm going to have to watch it now, right? (laughs) Yes. That's like your mom says, your mom and dad says, now don't do this. And you go, I'm going to go do that, right? That's what you do. (laughs) Yes, my mom always told me, don't go outside without your chiffon scarf. And I didn't. And I got pneumonia, just like she said. It was the dreaded mom curse. Um, I'm looking at something here. Another way to say, Mike Otten sent me something. Did, did what I say mean <coughs> nothing? Hold on a minute. Oh, okay. I have to cough. Oh, hairball. I go, oh, this is so weird. I probably, you know, probably I go to the doctor. Oh, you have stage four cancer. Um, I don't cough all day long. Brad? I lay down. I, I want to circle back. No, no, what no. What do you say that kind of stuff for? I don't know. I lay down, you know, I go to bed. I don't cough all day long. Didn't cough one day yesterday. I get up in the morning. I don't have any problems until about 20 minutes into the show, and I cough. I'm going, okay, what is this? I think I'm allergic to you, Shelly. I think that's what it is. Uh, it's and, global warming, Brad. Okay, I'm trying to read what Mike sent me here for people. Blah, 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 blah,
Oh, okay, I get it. It's, it's, this is a thing about, apparently it's out of some magazine for family planning. And it's what? And it says, for people trying to have a baby, it's important to know when the partner with ovaries is ov- ovulating. <laughs> they won't say woman. I get what he's saying. It's important to know when the partner with ovaries is ovulating. Why can't you say the woman, the, the partner with ovaries? That's that's what he's saying. I didn't get it at first. Another term for, hold on. Another term for women. I don't understand this whole crazy thing. Why can't you say woman? Remember the whole thing started with Cori Bush, non-birthing person? And that's when I officially declared myself a cisgendered, heterosexual Homo or uh, uh, cisgendered, heterosexual, sapiosexual, non uh, uh, pregnancy inducing, non birthing person. That's what I am. Yes, a- you are. AKA, I'm a dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you, yeah. That's like saying, that's like saying, okay, we can't call a car a car anymore. We have to call it a modular transportation vehicle with either a, a, a green or non green propellant force. Okay, isn't that like a car? Yeah, it's a car, but we have to. We can't call it a car anymore. Okay. You could be uh, sperm making person. That's what. You, well, that's a good one right there. Thanks, Shelly. <laughs> uh, and you wonder why I have. And I am shaking my head. <laughs> and you wonder why I have. Pages of these on my computer system where Shelly says things like, "If you can get it up." R. I got all kerfuffed. R. Hold it. R. 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 No. 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 Oh no. Or I'm gonna get the thingy. I would stop the bike and not put my feet down. I learned how to drive at very low speeds. If I were a oh, my favorite. And you came around, you would be there to feed me and then brush me down. <laughs> Don't piece part match it together. They've been a pita. They're beating only like he stole Christmas. <laughs> Nano, no, no, I don't know. I was all kerfuffled. <laughs> you there, Shelly? Yep. You're not going to talk to me anymore? That you would like that too much. <sighs> Mike said, Mike's not going to be your buddy anymore because he, um, hold on, let me see this. Um. He sent me this the other day. Senator Kennedy drops another golden Biden one-liner video about. I have to listen to that. Okay. Did you know? Did you know? Why I, isn't Mike going to be my buddy anymore? Because because he sent me. I think this is something about you. Something you said. Okay. Did you know there's an election what today? What did I say? I don't know. Here we're moving on. What's the problem with? I don't know. Who knows? Well, sure you know, because know. you just said it. So. Well, you get very... Wait, Mike, if you have a problem with me... <laughs> no, it's, some, it's something you said he found funny. You know, oh. once again, it's things you say that it's... it's We call them Shelley-isms. Are we, and, and, and what, oh, we what, do? Well, I do, but they're funny. I mean, you say funny stuff. You know, I mean, some people are boring. Yeah, hey, yeah, I went to the store, bought some milk, came home. Yeah, watch TV. Not Shelly. She talks about all sorts of. She talks about getting traffic tickets in Iowa, and she's mad at the. And then she ends up at a at a convenience store with bars on the window. 
Ah, uh, yes, traveling with Shelly. Uh, I, I, I will give you credit. The la- I think it wasn't, it wasn't the last time you were up there, but one of the times you went up to see your 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 friend who was unfortunately Elbeth, yeah. dying. Uh, you stopped in Madison, Wisconsin, and got me a slice of Rocky Rococo's. I did. God, I love that pizza. And you know, and they were here in St. Louis. Matter of fact, the the one right there, which is now the uh, that's the one I used to go to all the time. It was right there in the corner of uh, Frieden's, or no, um, yeah, Frieden's and and 94, um, which is now the uh, what is it? The Fazoli's. That used to be a Rocky Rococo's. That was what was originally there. When was there. that? Long time ago. That was a Rocky Rococo's. There was one there. There was one down in. Um, I guess Brentwood at the corner of Hanley and Manchester. Uh, I'm trying to think where the other ones. There was one. There was one on, on Lindbergh somewhere. I think it was. It was um, one of the little outlots. I think they tore it down. It was like from the old Northwest Plaza. You know how they redid that Northwest Plaza. Part of the plaza is still there, but the majority of the plaza is gone, and they've changed it all around. But yeah, Rocky Rococo's was good. And see, see, this is one of my problems here in St. Louis. Okay, except for like gas station pizza, you can't ever go buy pizza by the slice. Except for QT. That's what I'm saying. Gas station pizza. It's not only it's not only QT, but it's also Huck's. Huck's you can get pizza by the slice. You know, matter of fact, a couple were like last month when I went up to uh, Northeast uh, or Northwest Illinois to pick up that equipment. Um, I stopped. I don't know where in the world I was. I was in the middle of nowhere. I stopped on the way up and the way back, and I stopped little in a little Huck's. I used to go to the one in Washmall all the time. I used to like that one. Every once in a while, when I go to Hooterville, I stop in the Hucks. You know, if I'm going up to uh, my daughter in Hooterville, I'll stop at the Hucks up there in Hooterville. Hello? <laughs> you know, my, my should I tell the story about my daughter on Saturday? Probably not, but you will. My daughter calls me and wants to know if I can pick a lock. <laughs> Little does he, she know that you do that as a pastime. <laughs> I I started watching these videos online, and there's this guy. True story. This guy's an attorney, and he calls himself the lock picking lawyer. And what he does is he takes all these locks and he shows you how to pick them. I mean, I mean, and do you know this is what they call lock sport? Have you ever heard of this before? I no, I haven't. There is an honest to god competition where they do they give people locks and they have competitions where people sit like like not an arena not that many people but they sit like in a room and they try to beat the best time of unlocking a lock padlocks door locks all sorts of crazy stuff and um i got fascinated by this and i bought myself not one but two sets of lock picking you know the lock picks now what's interesting about it is once you learn how to really pick a lock when you see the people supposedly, quote-unquote, pick the lock in movies where they stick something in the lock, you know, they wiggle around like for two seconds, bang, the lock opens. Now you go, now after you realize how you really pick a lock, you go, BS, doesn't work like that. And and to the point where at one point in time, you got to practice on it. But I got pretty good at it to the point where I would literally go buy, I wouldn't buy expensive locks, but I'd buy cheap locks at like, at like you know, the, the you know, like the hardware store, stuff like it. You like some... They're always cheap Chinese locks. And I got to the point where I could pick most of those. And the crazy thing about it is there are certain locks, and this lock-picking lawyer shows you on some of these locks, you don't even have to put, like, you know, you can you can get into them. They're called, he's called defeating a lock. There's like he shows, let me show you how to defeat a lock. You know the locks we use at the transmitter sites? 
Yeah. Those ones that have the four the four little little tumbler kind of wheels on it. You line you know line the numbers up. You know they have like you know one two three four. That's your combination. The lock opens. Yes. You take a little shim, and you push it up, not into where the little tumbler dealies are, but on the on the on the on the case of the lock in the front of the lock. You take a little shim, and there's this little space between where the tumblers are on the bottom of the lock and where the case wraps around the lock. And you take this little shim, and you push it up in there, and the lock unlocks. And you do the hokey pokey, no. and you turn yourself around. <laughs> like, like That's what it's all about. Like, and the guy says, and which is interesting, oh, he, says, sorry. he says, you can unlock the lock with this little shim quicker than you can putting in the combination. And I go, like, I got to see this. And literally, the guy grabs the lock, puts this little shim in, bonk, the lock opens. I'm going, like, holy cow. And the crazy thing about it is those locks are everywhere. You see them on, you know, like on storage lockers and you know, all sorts of things like that. I'm thinking to myself, man, you could break into anybody. Anybody's got one of those locks. You just and all it is is just a little, a little shim. It's like a, it's like a, a small piece of a very thin stainless steel. Because stainless steel usually doesn't bend too easily. So all you do is you just get this little tiny, like a piece of stainless steel, and you just slide it between the case and the bottom of the lock. Bang, the lock opens like that. Like, and it doesn't take any talent. I mean, I could even show you how to do it. Well, okay, you're going to pay for that one, but I'm going to let it slide right at this moment. You were going somewhere else, then you realize what I said. You stopped. Uh So what I think is kind of funny, funny, peculiar, and funny, ha-ha, that your daughter's first choice on picking a lock was her father. I think she thought I was closest. Or that. You could actually do it. Well, I told and her. I said, I said, I, this is sort of funny. I did said, you do it? No. Well, here's what ha- happened. Her son, this is this is like, I'll tell you what, we got to take a break. We'll pick it up on the other side, okay? Because this is one of the things that I have done every place I'm at, and I'll tell the story of how when I first bought the radio station, KSOQ, place in Washmo, I'll tell you the story of, and I can still remember the guy's name, um, and he's on, I think he's still on KFNS or something like that. Anyway, we got to take a break. It's 6.47. Break. That's my theme song right there. I am not beautiful. I am tragically ugly. Yeah. That's actually not true. I'm not beautiful. Okay, we're talking about my daughter called me on Saturday. She was in Chicago, out of town. and her Oh, one, you didn't mention that. And her one son locked himself out of the house. And here's how she explains it. They normally use the deadbolt, but they have a doorknob that has the key on it. And apparently her her son, when he went outside, he twisted a little twisty. And when he went back inside, the doorknob was locked. Get what I'm saying? So in other words. Yes. Okay. That is why every place I have has deadbolts on it. I don't. If it, if it has a deadbolt and a lock with a key in it, I replace the lock with the key in it with a... Um, just what they call a pass-through doorknob. You know, in other words, it has no lock on it. It's just like a knob on each side. You know what I'm saying? Now, yep. here's the story of how I originally started doing this. Years ago, when I first bought the radio station. Boy, what a mistake that was. Anyway, uh, KSOQ were running the Otters hockey games. And the Otters, when they're on the, on the road, they would have one of their guys come down to the radio station and essentially board up, but he would also do the between-the-periods broadcast you know what i'm saying so 
And this guy's name is Andy Strickland. And I think he's still in radio at St. Louis. So Andy is, you know, just does finish like between his first and second period broadcast. And he goes outside in the parking lot of the radio station to have a smoke, okay? But he locked the door on the way on the way out because we still had a doorknob there and had like a lock on it. I hadn't replaced it yet. That's part of the reason why I've got this way. So what does Andy do? Andy has to get back inside because he's got to go on the air and he's locked out of the radio station. So Andy he shoots the doorknob. No, Andy, who is a hockey player, decides to hip check the door. Uh-huh. Okay, now here's the interesting thing. The door didn't open. The entire door frame, he knocked the entire door frame out and the door, the entire door with trim around it fell into the building. If you can, if you can imagine, the, in other words, the door is still locked and it's 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 in the frame. The entire frame, he broke the entire frame out of the doorway. If that makes any sense. In other words, here's the door laying in the, and then he walks over the door, you know, because it's in a hallway, and and when he's getting ready to leave, he doesn't call me until he's getting ready to leave. Hey, Brad, I have no problem with the door. I can't close the door. That's what he said to me. I can't close the door. I go, what do you mean you can't close the door? Well, well technically, got, he wasn't lying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got locked out, and the and I had to I had to sort of push the door, and it won't close anymore. It's just, he calls me that. I'm going like, okay, so so like is like you know, like the doorknob broke or something? Oh, he says the door just won't close. And he says, okay, I'll come down and look at it. I pull into the parking lot, and this is the back door. I'm going. There is no door. <laughs> you know, what do you mean you can't close the door? And the entire door frame with the door in it is laying inside the building. You know, if you can imagine that. It's still locked, you know? And I'm going, what in the hell is this? So the frame was, you know, some pieces of the frame were, were you know, the wood was all broken up and the whole bit. So I'm going like, and of course, this is like a Sunday at like 8 o'clock at night, you know? So can't go to the hardware store. You know, everything's closed. You know, and thank God I had some tools in my car. So I got the door. I went inside. I went around the front door of the building and and went inside and picked up the entire frame with the door in it and kept pushing it up and further and further and further. And I got it back into the door frame, you know, and there were a bunch of the pieces of the, you know, the wood was broken. So I took all the wood and I sort of reassembled it. You know what I mean? And I had some glue. I had some Elmer's wood glue. And I glued it all back in, and then when I, you know, then I opened up the door. The door actually opened again. It was still on its hinges. I got the door unlocked, and then I drove a bunch of, a um, bunch of uh, drywall screws through the frame, you know, the doorway, the door frame, into the wood where it was attached into the the building, and I got it back working. It took me like two hours to do it, but and I called him up. I go, I go, how did you do that? Well, then he tells me. He says, well, I got locked out of the building. Then he tells me the truth. I got locked out of the building between breaks, and, and I had to go back on the air because I listened to the game on the, on the station. I was smoking in the parking lot, and all of a sudden I realized, man, I got to get back in, and the door's locked. So I, I panicked, so I just hip-checked it. And, man, he hip-checked it all right, right out of the frame. <sighs> so can we circle back to your daughter? Okay. So she wanted you to... Her son was locked out of the house. She calls me from Chicago. She wants me to go pick the lock. The, and you did it? No, I did not because I'm I head up there. I'm heading up to Hooterville. I told her I had because this is Saturday morning. I wake up and who wakes me up on Saturday morning? Shelly. What does she wake me up telling me? Mm. 
were off the air, which was like, oh, here we go again. So I had to go, we've got this. For those of you who listen to the station. He is not a morning person, BTW. I am a morning person. I do this all my life. But but the problem is we have a glitch at on this station and we can't figure it out where we it's have a glitch in the matrix we have a link that links the studios to the transmitter site called an stl and it's a digital link and in fact was funny as i was talking when it dropped off the air yesterday in the middle of our show i was talking about the you know chinese how they're looking at or you know they're you yeah. know they're, they're checking on us and they know everything we do guess where this piece of equipment is made in china of course you know i mean like once again if I could buy American-made stuff, I would. But this is the only one that you know. It's 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 like it's a made by a European company. It's made like in Switzerland. It's designed in Switzerland, and it's very very popular equipment in in you know in the United States. But it's super popular in in um, in Europe and in Asia. And for some reason, it just locks up. And so Shelly calls me Saturday morning to say, "Hey, Brad, we're off the air." I say, oh, crap. So I get in my car and I drive, and, and on the way out to the transmitter site, that's when my my daughter calls me, Dad. Yeah, I won't say his name. Blum blum. Her son locked himself out of the house, and can you go? Okay. So I circled back to grab my lock picking stuff because I had it here at the radio station, and I went and I, you know and I and I, I said I got to go out of my transmitter site first, and she goes okay. So when I was leaving the transmitter site, that's when she called me, said he got in with a credit card. Good lock, right? <laughs> Gets him with a credit card. What was the lock to the bathroom door? No, he's locked. He, got, he, he, he got locked outside. He got locked outside this front door. Yes, okay, Brett, I we know. have to take I a break. It's six fifty. It is BS show. I'm Shelly. She's Ooh. Brad. Did you watch the Grammys the other night, Shelly? I did not. Um, you know, I can't. I think it did okay in the ratings. Not great. I mean, none of these shows pull the kind of ratings they did like 20, 30 years ago because everything is so fragmented. You so many things you can watch. You know, with all the streaming services and you know YouTube and stuff like that. Anyway, well, it's not just that. It's people. People don't act right. Well, I was going to talk about that. Harry Styles, who won what album of the year, whatever it was, he drops two S bombs. Then one of the, I guess his producer or something like that. He hands the microphone to the producer. He drops three f-bombs i'm going like okay uh-uh. oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh well, yeah that's I, i'm 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 going like see what's interesting is you know i talk about this all the time the pendulum swings okay the pendulum swings but the only problem is it swings the other way way too far okay we have the situation where yeah we had problems in our history uh we treated minorities blacks you know uh, other minorities jewish people you know badly Okay, in some cases, very badly. Okay, we fixed that, but now it goes back the other way, where it's to the point where you know the some states are going like we're going to pay every what is it in California they're talking about paying every black person five million dollars in reparations. I'm going like okay, where's that money coming from? Anyway, what's happened now is dropping the f bomb and the s bomb has gotten to the point where YouTube has finally said enough. And they have new they have new policy guidelines that came out right at the end of the year, end of 2022, just in December. And if you know the way YouTube works, people put their content up there. And if you're a really big content provider, if you're a really big YouTuber, you make a fortune off of that. Matter of fact, there's a guy I watched the other day that talked about how he made, last year he made $2 million. And the way it works is you put your content up there for free. And then you 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 apply to YouTube become what they call monetized, and then what happens is you get a percentage of the ad revenue. So in other words, 
every time somebody watches your video, um, hold on a minute, YouTube charges an advertiser for that. So they split the revenue between YouTube and whoever owns the video. So what's happened is YouTube essentially said, look, we're getting pushback from our advertisers that, you know, their their ads are running in your videos, but yet you're cussing up a storm. You're dropping the F-bomb 42 times. And so what they started doing was they started saying, you can't say the F-bomb within 30 seconds of the start of the video. So so some of the YouTubers go, oh, wait, why is that? Wait, how come we can't do that? And And YouTube said, because the advertisers don't like it. And, you know, once again, if we've got advertisers on the station, and I'm not trying to say that they run the station. You know, nobody calls me up and says, hey, I advertise in your station. You know that song you just played? I hate it. Don't ever play it again. I would say, you know what? I'm sorry. I would appreciate you as an advertiser, but if you're going to tell me how to run my radio station, I'm going to tell you how to run your business. And you probably don't want that, do you? You probably want me showing up at your place and go like, hey, I don't like the way. Look at this window. It's dirty. Clean this window right now. Hold on a minute. Anyway, they've they started doing this, and what's interesting is some of the YouTubers are now just editing their videos and putting in like sound effects whenever they cuss. And some of it's to the point where, like, for example, the guy I watch all the time who you hate, Grant Cardone, you know what he puts in? He puts in a a flipper sound effect. You know, like flipper that they call him flipper, you know, a dolphin, you know, like that. You know that weird thing they do? I'm sorry, how was that again? I can't do it. You know, you know. Bravo. It's sort of like that. Matter of fact, matter of fact, there's one video I watched last night that every time the guy, he, here's what he said. He said, he said, you. And I go, what? What was that? I played it back and he goes, yes, I said, you. And I go, well, that's Shelly in there doing her you hoo that's covering up the F-bomb. That's not true. Stop it. <laughs> so anyway, Harry Styles. And now here's the interesting thing. I'm going like, I'm so sick and tired of this. There's an article this morning. Harry Styles sparks bad la- backlash with Grammy's acceptance speech. The most white privilegedest thing. And they're saying that all the the finalists, all the Grammy Award winners this year were all white. Oh, and, please. And Beyonce. And I'm going like, Oh, can we? The, here we go again. Did the did the other people do something? Well, it's like remember the one year was it Kanye went up there and grabbed the the award away from Taylor Swift. Hey, uh. she didn't win it. It was Beyonce. Beyonce is the best. I'm going like okay, whatever. So, but see, I don't have to worry about that anymore because I'm not white. I am a BIPOC. I'm a people of color. I'm a I'm a black indigenous POC people of color, and I am Mocha Java. So. When somebody says white privilege, hey, not me, man. I'm my mocha java. I'm not. I'm not white. I'm colored. <laughs> right? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> the day I did that, the guy at the paint store is going like, "Sir, can I help you?" And I go, "No, I'm just trying to find what's." He's getting. like, "Do I need to call someone?" <laughs> no, you, I'm sir? going. I'm going through all the little paint chips, you know, little things they have, like, like you know what I'm saying. Things you take a yeah. little, little sample thing home, you know, and you hold it up against your wall. Oh, that looks good. And I'm going through all the ones. And I even said to him, I says, hey, "Does that look like me?" And he goes, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm figuring out what color I am." And he goes, "What do you mean, what color?" I said, "I'm not white." 
do I look white? And I held my arm up to like white wall. They had like, you know, like a, a little demonstration area there. I go, am I the same color as that wall? No. I go, I'm not white. I want to find out my color. And he goes, are you for real? And I go, yeah, I'm trying to find what color I am. Now that's, that's the first paint store I went to when I was cinnamon crunch. And then when I showed you that, yeah, our, that was a big fat. I hope they didn't help you find that color because well, I was off on that one. They were way off. Yeah, I was way off on that one. But man, when it comes to oh, mocha, that was you. No, no, that's the one. That's the one I thought looked like. And I, I think I even showed. I showed it to you, and I showed a couple other people. And they went, "You're not cinnamon crunch." So I went back to another paint store. And then I tell you that, and you're like, "Oh, la 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 la." Well, I went. No, no, you told me that. <laughs> See, I went back to another paint store. See, I think I'm getting. You know, quite quite honestly, I think because it's been the winter, I think I'm down to coffee gelato. I don't think I'm mocha job anymore. I think I've I've lightened up enough where I'm coffee gelato. I think gelato. you need to pick one and just stick with well, it. Well, but you know your skin color changes. You know, now look at this. I bet you when the summer comes around and I'm out there cutting grass, I bet you any money I'm going to move up to Italian roast. But right, <laughs> I'm somewhere between gotcha. mocha java and coffee gelato. <laughs> and whoever that that. Uh, person was behind the at the, at, at the paint store the register yeah <laughs> you know that they're talking about it yeah this guy comes in and trying to figure out what color he is but see the crazy I didn't know whether to call call somebody like he was you know like having a moment <laughs> the crazy part of this is i've seen pictures of our president and vice president together okay Joe you have? Biden, yes, where they're standing next to each other. They're actually like in the same yes, room? Yes, they're in the same frame. They're standing next to each other. Okay. Oh, wow. And Joe Biden looks... Was he... Never mind. Well, no, Joe no, Biden no. looks darker than, than Kamala Harris. I'm going like, no, hold on a minute now. Let me think about this for a minute. She's black and he's white? I mean, it's like, what? I mean, he's got darker skin than she does. It's just, That's probably because he's out playing in the sun, he's out and driving, she is not. He's out driving his Corvette with all those papers that keep flying out of the backseat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's oh, driving down a highway, and police pull over. Sir, you know, you're, you're, oh, those, don't worry about those. Those are just confidential papers I keep in my Corvette. God, that's so weird. That's so strange. The whole goofy thing with him. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you a question as a woman. I did this yesterday, and after I did, I thought to myself, oh, my God, did I do the wrong thing? I go yesterday to pay. What did you say? Well, I'm going to tell you. I go yesterday to pay a bill, and I actually went to a store to pay. This is a store I go to. I have have a, a charge. I have a credit card from their store, and this is where when I go to make my payment, I have to show a driver's license to make a payment, which I still don't understand. I've yeah, asked, that's about right. Why is that? I'm making. I don't a, know. I'm making a payment. I'm not trying. Why to, is half the things we do we do? You know, once again, people. You know, you, it's terrible. You have to have a driver's license to vote. Hey, I gotta have a driver's license to pay somebody. You know, I gotta give them money. Okay, so it's it was probably about ten thirty, and store opened at ten o'clock, and the nice woman behind the counter was very nice to me, and I could smell she had on a very nice perfume, and I said to her. I'm going to ask Shelly if this is proper etiquette. I go, I love the way you smell. What perfume is that? Was that improper? <laughs> you got to think about this one, right? <laughs> yes, I do have to think about this one, Brad. Okay. I was giving her a compliment, which, once again, you can't do that to women anymore. You know, I said, you because smell. Because it seemed like you were hitting on her. I was not. I, I see. Here, here's the problem. Well, I first don't... of all, 
if she told you what kind of perfume it was, what would you do? Go buy it? I would say it on the radio. Spray and, it on your pillow? And she told me it's Japanese cherry blossom. That's what she told me. She Ooh, says that stuff is so sweet and and, and she says she says I love it. It's Japanese. Bed Bath and Beyond. Is that where it's at? You know where that's from? Yeah, probably. It's either that or well, Victoria's Secret. Well, that's probably where I smelled it because my smeller ain't what it used to be. You know what I mean? My 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 sniffer. Although my sniffer can see, should I tell you this story? A couple weeks ago, see this comes around. I have I have a very a very sensitive nose when it comes to burning equipment, okay, because I've had stuff <laughs> burn up on me before. I go into a quickie mart, and I open up the door, and I go, oh, my God, there's something on fire in this door. There's some piece of equipment that's burning. So I go right up to the cashier, and it happened to be the store manager. He was the manager on duty, the MOD, as they call it. And I walked to him, and I go, you know what? I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I really know my smells. Something in here is burning. Something electrical is burning. Oh, yeah, we know. Guy's on a way to fix it. I, okay, great. So as long as you know about it, you know, because once again, it wasn't like where your eyes started to water, but it was like, and I've had this happen before where I've had pieces of equipment that have slowly burnt up and I go into it like studio and I go, something in here is burning. And then ultimately uh, two or three days later, something will fail. You know, a piece of equipment will die. And uh, I knew something was, was dying. It's usually a resistor that's, you know, you've, you've worked on stuff like this before. You have an FA tech. You have resistors that burn up. And it's a special smell. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. And and it's usually a resistor or some component like that, that when it starts to fry, it essentially, ha- pull. you know, it's not an odor of like a burnt something on your stove. It has a unique smell to it, Correct. Yes. And it's not Japanese <laughs> cherry blossom. So you're saying the reason I could probably pick that up is because it's it's strong. It's a strong perfume. Is that what you said? I'm not saying anything. I'm saying she probably thought you were hitting on her. No, no, no. But you said it was sweet or something like that. Oh, that's it's, so sweet. It's, very, it's a very sweet smelling. It, it's one of those that will give me a migraine. But what? I digress. I'm going out and buying that today then. <laughs> Brad, you give me a migraine. No, thank you don't you, need Charlie. that. Next time I see you, I'm gonna bring out my, I'm gonna have my little bottle of. Uh, so, so you say that's Bed Bed Bath and Beyond? Is that what that is? I don't know. Or Victoria's Secret. Uh, the smartest woman in the world says uh, cherry blossom is from Bath and Body. Yep, Bath and Body works. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Uh, she says, I love the perfume you were wearing. I'd like, oh, oh no, this is what I should have said. I should have said, I love the perfume you're wearing. I'd like to buy it for my wife. What is it? <laughs> That's the proper way. I shouldn't have said, I should have said, boy, you, I could have, you know, I could have gone, Hey honey, you smell great. What in the world you got on, babe? You just <laughs> gave her a line. <laughs> she probably thinks. Did he come up with that himself? You know, you know, I just got out of the pig pen, and you know, I, I the, you know, when I come in here in this store and I stand next to you, you smell mighty fine compared to my pigs. Would she like that? Oh yeah, that would have got. I could have been. A, I could have been a trucker. Hey babe, yeah, I just got off my eighteen wheeler, and you know, you know that diesel smell. You know, it's pretty nasty. You get it on your hands, you can't get it off your hands. And why well, I come in here and I smell your perfume, man, it makes me feel good because in fact it's not like wearing diesel on your hands. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. <laughs> so once again, I said, "You smell great." What is that? That was improper etiquette, right? 
That's not how you said you said it. What did I say? Didn't I say? I said, I like the way you smell. What are you wearing? I think that's what I said. I like the way you smell. What's wrong with that? I don't know. What if I said... Brad, don't ask me about relationship questions. I don't get into that. I'm not talking about relationship questions. I'm talking about... Remember, I mean, I've told you this story before. I have held doors open for women. And I and yeah. it hasn't happened to me in a while, but it happened to me, I guess, two or three years ago. It happened to me twice in like two weeks. I remember this really well. I hold open the door. I start to go into a place. I realize I hear footsteps behind me. I turn around. There's you know, a woman like maybe 20 feet away. I stand there and hold the door. And twice it happened to me, almost the exact same way. As I'm holding the door, the lady looks me right in the face. She says, I'm perfectly capable of opening the door myself. Okay, well, well, you know, the next time I'll slam the door in your face and then you'll have to open it yourself. I mean, like, you know, I mean, if it would have been a guy, I've done the same thing. I did it just yesterday. I'm walking into the quickie mart and there's a guy I can hear, you know, hear footsteps behind me. I walk in the door and I turn around and there's a guy like maybe 20 feet from the door. I stand there and hold the door open. And the guy says, hey, man, thanks. I said, my pleasure. You know, I mean, common courtesy. Don't you think? Or, or uh-huh. is, is courtesy gone? <laughs> so you think that I'm holding a, a, a door for a woman? Hey, babe, I'm holding the door open for you. You want to go out to dinner tomorrow night? That's what you think I'm up to? <laughs> I didn't even say that. Where did you get, where did you get that analogy no, from? but you're saying that I'm complimenting a woman at a store because she smells nice. And you say, I did the wrong thing. See, see, here's the problem. I didn't even say that. Okay, here's the problem. The problem has gotten to the point where when you when you try to compliment someone, someone's going to criticize. And once again, what happens when that happens? You don't make compliments anymore. You know, when a someone, you know, someone got, you know, and even to the point where I've said this to guys before, damn, you look great in that suit. Okay, does that mean like I've turned gay or something like that? Oh, wow, you, man, let's go to Central West End and have a drink, right? No, that doesn't know what that means. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, sometimes as a guy, you see the dude who always wears like the cutoffs and the T-shirt, you know, and flip-flops, and one day he shows up in a three-piece suit, you're going like, damn, you clean up well. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. <laughs> So am I? Am I? Am, is am I showing a bromance there? Is that according to Shelley? Depends on who it was. <laughs> it was George Clooney. Oh, George, you look great today. I like the way you cut your hair with the floby. The floby. He does. Do you know that story? I do. He says he cuts his hair with the floby, and 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 when that story got out. Jimmy Kimmel invited him on the show, and they both had flobies. And and I'm thinking, when it first came out, I'm thinking to myself, George Clooney doesn't cut his hair with the floby. So they bring the flobies out, and George is like using it like he uses it every day. Hey, this is the way you do it. You turn it on. You do you do this. He's doing the whole. Thing. I'm like, maybe he does use a floby. You know, when you think about it, everybody made fun of that. If you watch Wayne's World, it's called a suck cut, which is pretty funny. <laughs> it's in the very beginning of Wayne's World. You ever watch Wayne's, Wayne's World before? I love Wayne's World. I don't remember that though. It's in the very beginning of the show where they they're in their they're in their basement doing the show, and they have they have they have a guest, and they have this guy, and he comes in with like a backpack. What it is? It's like a modified, you know, this like 
this is I mean it was supposedly what they call the suck cut S U K K U T I think it was and he comes down the steps because they're in Wayne's basement he's got like this backpack it's one of like the backpack leaf blowers that like you know the landscaping dudes use but it had a like a suction thing on it so <laughs> Garth <laughs> there he's going to cut Garth's head and and he's 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 like you know cutting his head you know the thing's going you know, it's sucking his hair up into the thing, and, and he's saying, he's sucking my he's sucking my will to live, or something like that. It's pretty funny. But the Floby, and what's interesting is, what happened was, this is during the coronavirus, that George Clooney got interviewed, and they said, where do you go to get your hair cut? He says, I don't go anywhere. He says, I use my Floby, and I've used it for like 20 years. Within 12 hours, you couldn't find a Floby anywhere. Every last one was gone. If you went online, you went to Amazon, sold out. You went to the Flowbee site, sold out. You went to the Amazon, you went to any of the the sites that sold them online, sold out. And that thing's been around for like 30, 35 years. It ha- longer than that. And supposedly, it really does work. Evidently, it is. Well, it does. Because can I can I tell you the last time I cut my hair, I cut my own hair. You know you know what I did? I used a modified Flowbee. What'd you do? I used my shop vac. <laughs> I took, I'd like, I, I got in the mirror and I put my flashlights on my head from two different angles so I could see really well. I got in the mirror and I used the big hose from my shop vac and I picked up like a, you know, big wad of hair with my shop vac so it was going straight up in the air and then I used my, my wall trimmer and I just sheared it off like against the nozzle of the, of the, of the, uh, the uh, um, shop vac and it worked pretty well. So I'm thinking to myself, wow. And I'm thinking to myself, why I'm thinking to myself immediately. I think to myself, what kind of an adapter can I make so I can put my trimmer? I can attach my wall professional barber trimmer. God, you know what? I have to tell you. Every time I turn that. Do you like Bradley scissor hands? Every time I turn that thing on, it just gives me so much satisfaction. I mean, is that weird or what? Did I even say what, that? Your blower? No. I. By the way, here's here's Shelly. Here's Shelly when she's going to go on the Grammys. Here's Shelly. I will cuss. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> okay. Um, let me see if I can find it. It's remember I I played Reggie. That's the, how the reason I bought it was Reggie said that. Uh, you know, some of these people said I don't I don't ever play Donald Trump stuff. Here we go. I'm a very stable genius. That's a good one. How about this one? I'm very consistent. How about this one? No, that's other people that do that. I don't. <laughs> I can't find Reggie. Where's Reggie at? I got to get my list going. Uh, here's, here, here, how about this one? That means I'm 86 because my daughter's 39. <laughs> well, Thank you for putting that on the air, Brad. When, when did you say that? Uh, <laughs> how about this one? This okay. is plump America. Shelly, what's this BS about being a grandma? Don't you know you can't say that anymore? You are a grand person. You're a grand person. <laughs> Where's Reggie? I can't find Reggie. Is he the is he the I cyclone dude? I don't know dude? how to put this. No, Reggie's okay. I'm kind of a big deal. When I bought, oh, can't we all just get along? No, that's that's somewhere. Okay, Reggie is the guy. When I when they they shut down they shut down you know when the COVID thing you know three years ago and you, I couldn't get a haircut anymore. Okay, so I decide I'm gonna buy. I've always wanted like just like the barbers use those wall professional. You know, things like the barbers use, the exact same ones, you know, yeah. the, the professional ones, not the cheapy, crappy little ones you get like at Wally World, but the really good ones. So 
I go online. What else do you do? go on YouTube? And I find this guy. He's out of North Carolina or something like that. And he's, he's a barber. His name's Reggie. And he has a video where he reviews his top 10 trimmers. He's a wall guy. So, you know, some people, there's other companies, but he's a wall guy, W-A-H-L. And he reviews the, 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 the top 10. And so he gets down to number one, and he says, I love this one. He's very passionate about what he does. And he talks about when, when you cut, it crunches the hair, and you can hear the crunching. And I go, that's the one for me. And then I looked all over the Internet to try to find one. I went to Sally Beauty Supply. I actually ordered one on Sally Beauty Supply. I, I called local places. Nobody's got it. They're all gone because you know, everybody had the same idea. I mean, we'll just cut our hair at home. You know, so I, I put an order in Sally Beauty Supply in stock. Okay, I put my credit card in, bang. Two weeks later, I get a notice. I'm sorry, but we are, we've, we're out of stock. I go, why did you tell me you were in stock? And they refunded my money. So finally, I find some place down in Florida on eBay, of all places, that hasn't been stocked. I go, okay, we're going to try this place. And I bought one. I love it. And when you turn it on, you turn that switch on, oh, my God, it makes the most desirable clunk. It goes clunk. And it goes and like when I cut my hair, just like Reggie says, it just doesn't cut it. You hear it crunch the hair. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like, God, it's like Nirvana. If I get depressed, you know, if something bad happens to me, I'll go back to my place, I'll grab my wall trimmer, and I'll just trim my hair. Just to listen to that thing turn on and boom, and then go through my hair, crunch, 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 and I'm in a good mood. We'd love to turn a good mood, Brad. <laughs> and then, you know what, I leave, and I walk out the door of my place, and this woman comes up to me, and she says, I'm having a party. Want to come? And I said, thanks, Reggie. If it wasn't for my cool cool, cool haircut with my crunching blades, she would have never said that to me. Okay. <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> Huh? Are we done? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was listening to another station. What'd you say? <laughs> Hold it. I'm listening to another station. FA Mobile 317. Oh, I'm on the FA frequency again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now that was fun. 729. It is BS.show. Shelly, talk for a minute, okay? Talk for a minute, Shelly. She's not going to talk. I something caught in my throat. Hold a minute. Okay. What do you want me to say? Okay, I guess I'm supposed to talk. I, so I got my vitamin caught in my throat. Okay. Oh. Do you know who? You know An- how to get rid of that? I don't want to ask. Do you know who Alan Hunter is? Julius's brother. No, one of the five original MTV VJs. MTV like MTV. Yeah, back in the day, back in the '80s, you know, music television, MTV. I want yeah, my yeah, MTV. Yeah. Alan Hunter. I want I don't, my MTV. I don't remember which one he is. Anyway, there's an article on the Camo V um, website that the smartest woman in the world sent me that he's moved to St. Louis. Yay! Yes. Uh, I don't know exactly who here. Hold on a minute. Let's see. Here, let's, let's find out. Let's. I don't think I have any F-bombs in there on Channel 4. Let's see what he's doing here. Hold on. Let's see if we can make this work. Play this. Hold on a minute. i got to listen to an ad first. Him, him Skip ad. Okay, here we go. Same voice. I'm Alan Hunter. I'll be with you right Same after decade March. of music. Dancing with myself. Music from Billy Idol right here on MTV. But in a new place. Here on the Big 80s on 8. I am Alan Hunter. And I said, St. Louis, huh? 
I didn't know anything about it except for the arch. Alan Hunter is still jockeying the biggest hits of the 80s. He's just doing it now from his in-home studio in St. Louis rather than the MTV headquarters in New York City. It would have been 1980s when I went to New York. Yeah, well, it was a cesspool. When you're young, though, you don't know that you're in a cesspool. You think life's pretty grand here. And life was pretty grand for the wannabe actor from Birmingham, Alabama, chasing his dream in the big city when a chance encounter in Central Park changed the trajectory of his career. But he was starting this channel that was going to play video music 24 hours a day. And I thought, oh, well, good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know what he was talking about. Three auditions later, Hunter was hired. On the day they, I went into the office and they said, you got it. I said, great. Now, explain to me once again, what is the gig? What do I do? I'm spinning videos? It was a fair question. MTV was put together by duct tape. As they were all kind of figuring it out as they went. But it didn't matter. It was more than I was making. I want my MTV! But MTV became a hit. When we do these promotional appearances, we'd go out to the middle of Ohio, Toledo or Grand Rapids or somewhere in Iowa. We'd go to a record store appearance and there'd be a thousand people wrapped around the record store, and I would say to my cable handlers, invariably in some beat-up Malibu, wasn't limo service back in those early days, who's here? Is there a rock star or something? It was like, no, they're here to see you. Wow. For six years as one of the five no, original MTV think it was on for another DJs, minute and a half. Okay. Hunter had a backstage. Okay. I don't remember him. And I see the picture of him where back, but I don't remember him. You know, Smash used to be one of the MTV VJs. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, he was back in the day. He was well, well too. See, why did they get Aww. rid of MTV? I mean, I know it's still around, but what's wrong with the way? It's I, not the same as it used it to be. It sucks the original now. Concept. I mean, it was like you you turn it on. I mean, that was when videos really started to get good. I know. You know what I mean? All the you know, I remember when they came out with "I Want My MTV." Right. Anything for nothing but the chicks are free. Yeah, right, right, right. I want my MTV. I mean, you know, I mean, and they. I changed remember it. when that first came out. Well. You know, I mean, once again, see, we're showing how old we are. People go like, well, MTV, you mean like, what's, yeah. the, what's the show? What, Big Brother or what? Well, I don't even know what the shows are on MTV. I, don't, I didn't even get the memo that I was getting old until about <laughs> until a you, month and a half ago. Until you got old? <laughs> I seriously, I, I just realized that I was Okay, so I'm not going <laughs> to criticize this reporter, but my question would be, what are you doing in St. Louis? She never asked him that. Because he says, I don't know anything about St. Louis except for the Arch. Okay, how's he here? Why did he move here? I mean, you know, once again, wouldn't that be like the first question? Hey, you're from New York. Why'd you move here to St. Louis? Everybody's moving out of St. Louis. Why are you moving in? You know, I mean, like. He wasn't know. from New York. He said he lived in New York. Because he, he did live in New York, but that's not where he was from. But he said they, he was working in the MTV studios in New York. That's what she yes. said. So he moved from New York City. He's originally from Alabama, but he hasn't lived in Alabama in a long time because he doesn't talk like, he doesn't say like, hey, ma'am, I'm here to pay my bill. Boy, you sure smell pretty. What's that smell you got on you? He didn't say uh -huh. that. You sure do have a pretty mouth. <laughs> he didn't say anything like that. So uh, so why didn't she ask him, why are you here in St. Louis? Wouldn't, you, wouldn't that be the logical question to ask? And you know what he, you know what his answer would have been? What? Because I know how those people were in the MTV back in the day. It's like when she I... Knew, he knew... Uh, no, no, it was sex... He was here for the party. No, it was sex, drugs, and, drugs and rock and roll back then, okay? 
because uh, that's when yeah. I started the radio S-D-R-R. business. It was, it was, Isn't that what that memory yeah. chip stands for? Right. It was, it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Okay. So so why is he here in St. Louis? Here, uh, you, you, you be the reporter and you ask me. Uh, you're going to be the reporter from Channel 4 and I'm going to be Alan Hunter. Okay? Go ahead. Okay. Ask me the question. Mr. Hunter, why are you here in St. Louis? Go ahead. Mr. Hunter, so um, so did you know about the arch? No, that's that's not. That. Ask me the question, Mr. Hunter. Why are you here in St. Louis? Why did you move here to St. Louis? Okay, Mr. Go ahead. Hunter, I have to tell you before we get started. That's not the you question. You smell delicious. That's not the question. What is that? Say, you're wearing? Don't say, Mr. Hunter. Why did you end up here in St. Louis? Go ahead, say it. Oh, that wasn't appropriate no, enough. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Be the reporter. You're the Channel 4 reporter. Mr. Hunter, how did you come? Why did you come to St. Louis? Why did you choose St. Louis? Mr. Hunter, I have to ask you, why are you here? Well, I heard that you've got this great prosecuting attorney, and I can get away with all. I can smoke dope. I can shoot heroin. I can do anything. I can steal cars. Matter of fact, I love to steal Hyundai's and Kia's. So I decided to come here to St. Louis and really have fun because I knew I'd never end up in jail. But why do you? live in Wentzville. <laughs> I don't. I live in the city. I live in the city. It's oh, great. you chose. Why did you choose the right. city? But because of the fact that it's really great. When you dial 911, you get you get recorded message. I'm sorry. All police officers are busy right now. Please call back next hour when we'll be able to send someone out to help you. If you are being murdered right now, press 1 and we'll see if we can get an officer out there as soon as possible. If you're you know, being If you're being nice. assaulted right now, press 2 and we'll put you on the waiting list. No, I don't know. They, they didn't ask him why. I don't understand that. You know, that's what he first I asked you, do you think that's what he would have said? What would have said? What would he say? Is I, that what he would have said, what you said? I don't know. I don't know why he's here in St. Louis. I mean, the, here's the, here's the well, sad. Why don't you call him up and ask him, okay. journalism student? <sighs> because it wasn't my interview. You know, I mean, oh. see, here's the interesting thing. Is so, this like a code of code of conduct? No, what I'm saying is what I'm saying is a good interviewer does not make himself the feature of the story. A good interview asks the questions that you and I want to hear. Okay? That's why Howard Stern is probably one of the the greatest interviewers because he's not afraid to ask anything. You know what I mean? I mean, he's asked anything of anybody. I mean, he's not as good as he used to be because now, you know, once again, we've talked about this. Howard Stern used to be against the man. Now he is the man. You know what I'm saying? What you most resist, you become. Well, he's just, you know, he only works two days a week and he doesn't leave his house and he's saying everybody should be dragged in by their hair and given a vaccine and everybody should wear, you know, a, a, a scuba tank. You know, I mean, he's just gotten to the point, he's gotten bizarre. You know, to the point where back in so the day, so he's agoraphobic. Well, in back in the day, in his in his early days, he would have been the guy saying, "Hey, that Dr. Fauci, screw that Dr. Fauci. Don't pay attention to what he says. You don't need a mask. You don't need no stinking mask." That would be in Howard Stern in the old days. Now it's Howard Stern. Oh, hey, don't leave your house. You know, put on a respirator. You know, if you're driving your car, make sure you got on triple masks. And when you get out of your car, make sure you got one of those space space suits like the Apollo astronauts wear with the big bubble helmet. That would be him now. You know, he's just done his 180 where he's like, you know, like, you know, once again, he's worth, I don't know, he, his contract was $500 million. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, once again, he's gotten to the point where he lives That's on. more than the president makes. The, the president. Made, was it, so, so the interesting story is 
How come Joe Biden, who makes like $150,000 a year, has no, like... No, he makes at least four fifty. Well, back when he was a senator, he only made like $150,000. If you go back when he was first a senator, I bet he was making like fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. That was it. Okay. I don't know about that. Well, how does he afford three houses? See... See, that's like Nancy Pelosi. Well, his wife was a doctor. No, she's a doctor. No, she's not a doctor, doctor. She's a teacher. She has a PhD or an EDD. She's not a doctor, doctor. She's a. And what's wrong with a EDD or a PhD? I can tell you what's wrong with ED, but I can't tell you what's wrong with EDD. <laughs> no. <laughs> so once again, if you're a like, we got Doctor Weikert, okay? who is, you know, your doctor. Great guy, okay? He's a doctor doctor. He's an MD doctor, okay? Yes. <laughs> okay, if you're on a plane and someone has a heart attack and the 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 stewardess says, or the, we can't call him stewardess anymore, the, uh, what is it called? Flight attendant stewardess. says. Stewardess. The yeah. flight attendant says, hey, we've got someone who is in cardiac arrest. Is there a doctor on board? And some lady stands up and she says, I'm a doctor of psychology, Another lady stands up. She says, I'm a doctor of education. You know, is that going to do you any good? No, <laughs> because what are they going to do? You know, tell them that when they had a heart attack, they were using the, the proper improper verb or something like that. You know, no, she's like, she's like, she, and, and once again, I discussed discussion with somebody else the other day and they go, well, she's a doctor. She makes like, no, she's a school teacher. What do you mean? She, and she taught at a junior college. Guess what? You don't get rich. You know, go through the parking lot of Skukukka or, or, you know, what's the My place? My daughter teaches at Skukukka. Or Ekekek. You know what Ekekek is? East Central College. Skukukka is St. Charles yeah. Community College. Ekekek in Union. And there ain't any Ferraris sitting in the, in the parking lot there from the professors. They don't make that much money. It's not a great paying job. Even though you get, you know, eight months off. It's like being a school teacher. You know, you, you show up at 10 o'clock in the morning, leave at noon, you know. You get you now. They want, my head, you know what brother. the school teachers want? They want a three-day school week. They want Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. That's what they want. Mondays and Fridays off. That's what they want. They want four-day weekends every week. How, does does Christy stab you with a spork <laughs> at, at family functions? <laughs> but you don't know. That, Just as a matter that, of principle, that two of my nieces are teachers. Not only is is Christy a teacher, but Carissa is a teacher as well too. And hold it now, it's Nicole. Nicole's the teacher. My three my three nieces is Christy, who's the oldest, and then there's I'm trying to think of this is Carissa the second? Yeah. Carissa is the respiratory therapist, and Nicole's a teacher as well too. So I have of two of my three nieces are are teachers and they still invite me to their house. How's that? <laughs> they love you. No, they they despise me. What they it's it's weird. Every time I go in there and eat, I get sick for a couple of days. Maybe they put something in the food. Okay, anyway, it's seven forty seven. It is BS dot show. You like that song, Shelley? I do. Flowers. Okay. The smartest woman in the world always finds me the scoop. Okay? Here we go. This is a Forbes magazine article. How the Bidens earned $16.7 million after leaving the White House. Okay? And I was close to this. It talks about how he made $155,000 a year as a U.S. senator. She made $60,000 a year from the state of Delaware. She worked as an English professor at Delaware Technical Community College. 
a community college, okay? Add it up, and the couple made $230,000 in a typical year. In 2005, they got a boost from the literary agency Sterling Lord Literistic, which paid them $81,000. In 2007, they declared $71,000 in royalties, and the next year, another fifteen, another $9,000 in audiobooks rights. Okay, and what's interesting, it shows, it shows a graph. Where'd it go? My stupid phone. I touched the wrong thing, and it goes nuts. I'm reading the article, and it disappears. Okay. And shows it shows their it shows their money. It has a bar graph of their income from 1998. So from 1998 to 2016, they made hardly any money. I mean, hardly any money. I mean, everybody would love to be what they were making, but like when he started out in in as a senator way back when, I think he was only making like fifty thousand dollars a year, which you know back then was good money. Okay. So in 2017, he goes from, in 2016, he goes from combined income, they go from $230,000 in 2016 to $12 million in 2017 to six or to $5 million in 2018, and in 2019, $2 million. Uh, when uh, Biden became vice president, he got a pay raise. He made about $250,000, $225 a year during his eight years during the White House. Jill got a new job closer to D.C. teaching at Northern Virginia Community College, which paid her an average of $83,000 a year. And she wasn't teaching classes. Trust me, she's not teaching classes. You know what I'm saying? So how did they get that jump, and what was that jump about? All this money they got from, you know, that's when that's when the hunters started paying them. Yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, oh, get so this. So how did they make that 12, they were making less than a he, million it, dollars in 20, to 12 million. How 20, did they make that? 2016, they went from making combined income, 2016, about $235,000, okay? Uh-huh. In 2017, $12 million. Exactly. That's a how little did, bit. What is that? Because once, as soon as he's out of office, he's getting all these people. He's getting all these people that want him to do favors for him. Hey, you know, it's like this crazy story with Hunter Biden. Okay, Hunter Biden all of a sudden turns into an artist. Okay, and Hunter Biden, an artist, and he has all these works of art, and he sells every single one of them for like six figures. Okay, but they won't tell you who. Parents? No, <laughs> they won't say who bought the pieces of artwork. And I don't know if you know the story of the guy who is now his attorney. Hunter Biden got in trouble because he owed the IRS like $2 million. He didn't have it. His attorney paid it. Now, <laughs> Shelly, okay. we know some attorneys, right? <laughs> we know some attorneys from being in the None chambers. None of them would pay my taxes. <laughs> yes, if you owed 20 bucks in state withholding taxes, <laughs> your attorney would say, hey, Shelly, come on. Dig down your purse. You got twenty bucks in there, don't you? <laughs> yeah, take the take the take the lipstick and the change out of your right. purse. Right. I mean, his his attorney pays two million dollars in his back taxes. Okay, he sells all this artwork for six figures, and nobody will say who bought the artwork because you know what? It's some. You ever watched? There's there's a movie. I remember the scene in the movie, and it's actually this is actually a very dark movie. It's called Lord of War. And it stars Nicolas Cage. And it's supposedly it's a semi-true story based on a guy who was a Russian immigrant that came to the United States. And he had all these jobs. And he was always owed, owed money. And he couldn't make any money. He had a terrible life. 
and he and he found out that he could sell guns to foreign countries. So he starts selling guns to like guys in the United States, you know, just like Joe Joe Gangbanger and stuff like that. And then realized the real money was selling money, selling guns and and tanks and things like that to this um, this uh, uh, to these like third world countries. You know, all these. And he, the movie's actually it's a good movie, but it's a very dark movie. And one of the scenes in the movie is, and I'll remember this, where his wife decides she's going to be an artist because now he's making gazillion bucks. Nobody knows what he does. He claims he's some kind of investor, but he's really traveling the world and he's selling guns and tanks and ammunition to all these third world countries. And his wife decides she's going to be an artist and she starts painting all these pictures and she's, and, and pretty soon somebody's starting to buy all these pictures for a lot of money. And the buyer is secret. They won't, she won't, she doesn't know who the buyer is. And, you know, her, her, her art dealer will call, oh, hey, we just sold one of your pieces last week for a half million dollars. So she's like, wow. And she gets all these nice paychecks. Well, spoiler alert, she finds out that he's like not who he says he is. And he, she goes to his secret location. He's got a secret location. I think it was like a storage container somewhere, one of the shipping containers. And she goes into the shipping container. And guess what's in the shipping container? What? All her artwork, because her husband was the secret buyer. Nicholas Cage was a secret buyer. Her artwork stunk, and so he, it was kind of um, a chick flick. Well, no, what, no, this in a roundabout. Story. You wouldn't consider this a chick flick because it has lots of people being killed. There's tons of people. Yeah, be- but the 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 whole purpose of it. No, was about this artwork. This no, no, no. This was just like a side part of the story. In other words, the idea being was she was terrible. Anytime there's a chick involved, she was. It's not a side part. She was That's a terrible artist, part. and he wanted her to make her feel good, and so he just bought the artwork secretly. He like went to the dealer and said, "Don't ever tell anybody I'm buying my wife's artwork." It's the same stuff with Hunter Biden. Who it's gonna- a love story. <sighs> So, yeah, somebody's in love with Hunter Biden. Who would marry that no, guy? No, the other one, if, Nicholas Cage. If you knew all the stuff about Hunter Biden. Did they give him hair? Well, he, also, he always has hair. He's never bald. He's never a chrome dome. Nicholas Cage has got a full head of hair. Barely. No, he's got he's got hair. He Nic- has hair on the back half of his head. <sighs> That's better than being a chrome dome, right? I... I don't know. I don't have a problem with either one of them. I do. That's why I go to Hans. Hans is my buddy. Okay. <laughs> we we got to get out of here. We my, do. My daughter. <laughs> is she, bang- is no. she texting you? Mom, is dad really bald? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. Have a great day, everybody. It's been a slice of heaven as usual. Well, no, it really hasn't. Not today. Have a great day, everybody. Brad, you too. Peace and I fly. 7.59. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.